You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo, my man, my man, Cool. And right now, you know, we're just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California, and um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we're going to love you on how we just chill. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Terp Talk. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Tokes, a.k.a. Terp Queen. You already know the vibes. Today, I have a very special guest for you guys. I have Corey from The Flower Company. What's up, guys? It's Cannabis Corey from Flower Co. Hey, thank you so much for rolling through. Um, I'm super excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So, well, let's just like dive right into it. Um What's your background on cannabis? How did you get started with the Flower Co? Cool. So I actually used to work in music. I moved out to California to do that. Um, I've always been like an avid consumer of cannabis. I've always been like a daytime smoker, um, wake and baker, et cetera. Um, And... When I was here about three years in, I was introduced to the CEO of Flower Co. His name is Ted. Um, I also call him dad because (laughs) I was his first assistant and um, we just did everything together. But I was introduced to him. We helped stand up a company called Old Pal um, and um, another company that was our company called Humboldt Legends that was already kind of an existing company that I came in in the middle of. Um, and then, um, about three months into that, we came up, well, we, he already had the idea for Flower Co., but we started to execute on it because we were sourcing flour from, for so many people and starting to build the relationships with, um, all the growers and suppliers and just distributors. And I have been here, yeah, now three years and I am the community manager. That's so awesome. You, I love like your come up um, story of like working with Flower Co. Yeah, it's it's, it's super interesting. Um, I came into the industry with basically no experience at all. Um, just somebody who really loved weed and like loved product and like would always try new and different products. And... It just was something that I was so passionate about that I never really thought that I would be able to have a career in. I feel like, I feel like that's how everyone feels. I'm sorry if I'm speaking for everybody because it's like weed, like I still trip out that like we can sit here and talk about weed on the radio station. And like, I'm sure you trip out that like you're, you're running like a weed delivery, like I was even tripping out when I was selling legal weed. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? I'm selling weed. I'm not going to get caught up. Everything's licensed. Like... I was I was selling weed on my backpack in high school. Now I'm yeah, here doing totally. L to L. Like, like who would have thought? I'm so proud of myself. Yeah, but. I think it's super interesting how there's such like a split of talent in the industry. I think that you come from, I mean, most people at least, I guess I'm not really included in this because I don't really <laughs> know which category I fall into, but... Um, I feel like it's either, like, this, like, new startup talent of, like, people who are really smart and come from, like, um, like consultant agencies or, um, or like, one of the big, 
yeah, like the big four consulting or uh, accounting or like, you know, any anything in that like kind of realm, like the business yeah. realm. And then the other half are like just like OGs who have been here since like the 80s or 90s and have been like growing weed the whole time. And like now they're starting to have licensed businesses. Yeah. And I I feel like um, there there are a lot of like the OGs, but they're also collaborating with like the corporate cannabis too. Right. You know, so there's a mix of that and that's like that wave coming through to the industry. Yeah, totally. And I think it brings a lot of like new ideas and new blood in, which is great um, while still keeping like the essence of the the cannabis market, whether it's like legal or illicit yeah. or... Or traditional or yeah. whatever they want to call it nowadays. Right, right. Yeah. I like to call it the legacy market. Oh, I like that one. I, I've just been referring to it as like the traditional or like the gray, the gray area. Yeah, yeah, totally. Know? I like, think there's a lot of ways you can talk about it. But um, yeah, no, I think that like the people that I've dealt with that come from that world are like some of my favorite people in the world. Yeah. Like they have so many crazy stories and they've been through so much and they just like really love the plant, which is like really cool to see. Like those are the people who've been here the whole time doing it. Like you've probably smoked some of their weed at some point in your life. And you, you just know? don't know, you don't know it, it, you know, yeah. like, and that's, that's so true. And like one thing, like back in like the legacy days of the 215 days, like when you would walk into a shop, there would be like over 60 strains in there, like actual like jars of different strains like i know it's somewhat the same now but a lot of these brands have like let's say it's like a gmo from buddy buddy then you have a gmo from uh cali kush you know yeah and it's instead of just oh here's one gmo here's one skywalker whatever it was at the time like there wasn't duplicates in the shop yeah i think also, well, the whole experience of it has changed, right? Like yeah. you used to be able to go in and you could pick out the nugs you wanted and you could see exactly what you were buying before you bought it, whereas now everything's prepackaged. They would even let you touch it. Yeah, they would even let they you touch it They would even let you touch it. Yeah. Like. And yeah, now everything's prepackaged. You don't really see the nugs you're buying before you buy them. And everything's done, everything used to also be done within the dispensary or like almost everything. You know, yeah. everything, like, other than the growing. So... For the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, it's, yeah, it's just a different experience. Everything's branded now, and there are different people doing the same thing, and you're going to get different phenos of different strains, and they're going to taste a little bit different or make yeah. you feel a little bit different. I think that's kind of cool, too. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of experience, but it's... It's still, uh, it's still cool. It's still weed, you know? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> You're like, it's still weed. Like, does it, does it really matter, you know? Yeah, so. Weed is weed is weed is weed. Thank you. There you go. Um, can you tell us about some of the brands that, like, you guys partnered up with for Flower Company? Or just, like, walk us through your whole, like, business? Sure. So uh, I'll start with how our business works. It is a delivery service operating in California. We operate out of LA, uh, pretty much the entire Bay Area, 
Um, so we have Oakland, SF, we have the South Bay, and then everything that's like East Bay, South of Oakland. And then we go into uh, Contra Costa County and the peninsula. Um, we also have Sacramento, Vallejo, Stockton, Long Beach, and East LA, like halfway into like the Inland Empire. Okay. So, so you're like almost everywhere then. We almost, we're tr- I think right now we service 40% of the population of the state or somewhere around there. That's still a big percent. Yeah, I mean, they don't all buy from us, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like but in it's terms like, of population. It's still, yeah, that's still a big chunk. You know, like California could be its own country. Yeah, yeah, like, totally. It really can. So, um, so anyway, so our business works kind of like a hybrid of like a Costco model and Amazon Prime model. Um, up until September, you had to pay $120 a year to get access to uh, our menu, which is like pretty much everything you would have in dispensaries. Sometimes it's a way bigger, um, like a way bigger menu at 30 to 50% of the cost. Sorry, 30%. Uh, 30 to 50% off the cost. Um, now we've changed it so that it's a f- more of a free delivery model like Amazon Prime and everybody oh, okay. gets access to those prices. Oh, dope. So is there still like the membership fee and the non-member when you yeah. go to the site? So, yeah. So the membership fee would only be for people who want to get free delivery. So it's worth it. Like, honestly, it's worth it if you order once a month at least. Right. Yeah. If you order once a week, it's super worth it. <laughs> um, if you order once a day, you better pay for the membership fee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's probably <laughs> worth it to pay for the membership fee. But yeah, no, I think that it's great. It gives people access to affordable cannabis. Uh, it's this literally the same products as every other shop you would go to, except it's just way less money. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I love, because um, you have like big, big, big brands. You mentioned you guys had Seven Ten Labs, um, Fig Farms, Maven. Yep. And then you have your own house brand too. Can you tell us a little about that? Sure. <laughs> so, well, let me pull up my notes on this because <laughs> there is a we expanded on this a lot. Ooh, I'm excited expansions. So. He's pulling up his I'm pulling notes. Pulling it up right now. So, um, the house brand started with the $59 ounce. That was like our first offering. This yeah. was like two years ago, maybe a little bit more, two and a half years ago. Um, after that, we moved to like the $59 ounce has always been a staple of our site. That's like our main thing. We want to, like, that's our bottom, bottom line. Um, after that, we expanded and we did a $9 gram of shatter. That was about three to four months into the process. And then since then, we've been able to source all different grades of flour for our ounces and half-ounce bags. Um, the outdoor goes anywhere from $59 to $90 for an ounce. The greenhouse goes from like $120 to $160. And then we have indoor that's like $180 to $195. Oh, dope. And that's all pre-tax. Oh, that's so cool. You literally have, like, all tiers. Yep. That's um, awesome. And then besides that, we've also expanded into vape carts. So we have 
distillate for like $15 a gram. And then we have live resin ones that we just put on like two weeks ago, I want to say, for $27 a gram. What? And then gummies, which are vegan. And then we have like the diamond sugar batter at $19 a gram combo. So that's so crazy. That's yeah. like, I'm like, those prices are outrageous. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like back in college or like post grad when I was here, I was buying eighths for like $60 and grams of any type of concentrate for like 70 to 80. So this is like, yeah, I'm like a kid in a candy store here. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, like sometimes people are paying up to just like $50, $60 on some live resin um, or CRC that's not the most like fresh product. Totally. Sometimes, unfortunately. Totally. You know, so it's really good that you guys have those those prices, because um, like weed gets expensive. Like if you can get crazy expensive, weed gets crazy expensive. If I have to break down my finances and see how much a month I spend on weed, like I'll probably say I'm a quit smoking, but I know I'm gonna keep smoking. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, totally. No, I've. Uh, it's funny because the Flower Coast site used to show how much you've saved total. Yeah. And so you could just basically times that by two and that's how much you've spent because it's like, you know, it's like relatively 50%. Yeah. Um, And I, like probably seven, eight months into it, when there weren't like that, there were probably like 400 to 500 customers, members. Um, And I was in like the top 50. I was like, let's go. It's <laughs> like spend my entire salary on my company. Oh my gosh. Well, at least you're investing in yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um so yeah, no, I mean that that just made me spend more. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And like that's you it, at least at least you know that it's good product and like it's totally. fresh and <clears throat> all that, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what I'm getting. Yeah, and um, the consistency, I feel like consistency is key. Yeah, I think that's something that's still a barrier that we're dealing with in the cannabis industry because it's an organic material. Yeah. So, you know, every plant's going to be different. And so to get it to be consistent is a very, very tough thing. And that's... The main that's the main thing we're trying to do i think it's the main thing everybody's trying to do but we're trying to like keep it consistent at the lowest possible price <laughs> at least you're doing like one form of consistency because like realistically like you you can't keep flower consistent yeah no exactly yeah i think i'm i mean i think most i think flower yeah is like the main thing you can't keep consistent i think everything else you can get almost there yeah i mean like with the vapes and the um concentrates I feel for the most part you can unless you like switch up the brand of your uh, BHO or something. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's also, I mean, it's interesting, I think. I was talking to um, one of my friends about this the other day who also works in cannabis. Like, if you've been in cannabis for long enough, you kind of know how everybody makes their product and it kind <laughs> of like a little bit ruins the illusion for you. Like, there's never anything totally new anymore. Yeah. You ever feel like that? Yeah, that's why um, I will not smoke distillate. I can't. That's how I feel too. Like, I'll, that, I'll, I try not to, like, be mean. It's like, 
people gift me, oh, here's a cartridge, try this. I'm like, yeah, no problem. But I'm like, I know what crude oil looks like, y'all. Like, you do not want to smoke on anything that has to do with crude oil after you see crude oil. Yeah. Have you seen crude? I have seen it. Okay, that's why I'm like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have 100%. Ruined it. it. I have seen almost all of it, I think, at this point. (laughs) What's the worst? (laughs) What's the worst? I'm just curious. I haven't, like, personally had any bad, like, really, really bad experiences with anything. Um, I would say the worst thing I've dealt with is, like, having to transport product a really, really long way, getting there, and then being told that I didn't get the right product. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah, that's... I feel that 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 is probably one of the worst parts that happen with metric and cannabis. Yeah, and like because you can't just go to the go to your van and be like, hold on, let me swap that out for you. You need to go get a whole new metric manifest, get them to sign. And yep, yep, exactly. So it's I mean I've had a few situations like that, but it's not just like all right, we're sending it back, we'll get a refund, or they'll give us the right product. Yeah, you know so. It's just like a little bit of a waste of time. I haven't had any scenarios personally. I mean, the company has, but like I haven't had any <laughs> like scenarios yet where I've been owed money or like oh something gosh. really, really crazy bad. Welcome to cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I like, I feel like I need to have that talk every time. Like um, if I do consulting for like a brand and they're like, oh, but like this, this uh, shop owes us money. And I was like, they're like, I, I gave you a list of people not to sell to, and you went and sold to them because they don't pay. Yeah. Like, welcome to cannabis. Like you. <laughs> it's interesting how it's kind of a self-policing system sometimes. Yeah, because um, it's not like we can put these buyers or, like, um, you do a lot of, like, what, like, D to D mainly? Like, distro to distro? Or yeah, I would, yeah, like yeah, I would say, L? yeah, most of our, yeah, most of our business is distro to distro or, um, like, like, we have a, distribution yeah. facility so we can buy directly from um from like the yeah growers. from like the growers and stuff and it's like i i deal with like the buyers that don't want to pay so like i don't know what it's like on your side like because i like y'all y'all are buying the weed yeah now you know, like, now we're the buyers which is nice. now you're the buyer <laughs> and we're we're pretty responsible when it comes to that so that's that's good um there have been scenarios in the past when we were like sourcing or um just doing distro stuff where things slip through the cracks yep so i don't know it's it's all learning experience and you learn who you should deal with and who not to and you like have your squad in the industry you know and that's yeah. like that's kind of cool and then you see each other at Hall of Flowers like twice a year. Yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're always really stoked to see each other. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, and you only see each other there and that's it. Like, yeah, totally. Mood. That's all totally. mood. I can't wait for that to come back though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, me too. Me too. I miss all that stuff. We did Emerald's Cup last year. And oh, we really? had a huge booth and it was so much fun. How was that? I, that's the one cup that I haven't made it up to. So it was it was a little cold, but um, <laughs> no, we had a lot of fun. It was it was like my first time really participating in a cup, rather than like my company is there and yeah. like I'm just hanging out. Um, we were trying to sell like as much as we could that weekend, so we were like all out and about 
and like trying to direct people to our uh, to our booth. So it was cool. We had like the lowest priced ounces and raw garden carts, I believe. Oh so my that God. was our yeah, that was our hook. <laughs> so it was yeah, no, it was fun. I uh, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I um, we just did Kushstock the other weekend, and um, it was like the first event since the Rona. It was it was cool. It was just hella windy. So I realized, like, I'm sorry, Dr. K, but I can't do another event out in Adelanto. Like, <laughs> it wasn't, no, I got, like, dust stuck in my eyelashes. That was not the vibe. Yeah, that's like, uh, <laughs> the weather conditions. You know? Yeah, like, I feel like that's, like, the downside. That's, like, the part that nobody talks about on, like, working in cannabis. It's like, yeah, it's fun when we work events, but, like, do you think of the weather, of the weather conditions? I've worked at high times, and it was, like, pouring down rain the show must go on. We yeah, were yeah, still had, there. I've had an experience like that. Uh, HempCon two years ago. Or th- almost, yeah, probably almost three at this point. Oh, wow. Um, It was raining and our booth was in like, a, like the bottom of a hill almost. No. So like it all pulled in our booth. It was, it was tough. I think that was our first... That was our first like real showing in an event and like we were all having a miserable time. I feel like that's how it always goes though and then it's like, oh my gosh, like you just get a Well and then at the end everybody's super stoked and we're like, We crushed it, guys. Yeah, that's why it's like it. we couldn't have done it without each other. And that's why I'm like, you know, like there's there's always a silver lining in it, you know? Totally. I think the thing I miss most about that stuff is like the team being all together because we're such a spread out team. Because yeah. we have, you know, we deliver out of so many different places. So and now I'm I'm sure everything is on Zoom or whatever you guys use. Yeah, and it's so much less personal and like I don't yeah. know. I always like I used to like before COVID, um, before COVID hit, I was like on the road at all of our different facilities and just like with everybody, and it was my favorite part of the job. And I made such cool and unique relationships and, like, just, like, through cannabis. And I have so many friends now, like, on the road, like, yeah. in different places around California. Um, I've become really close with who I don't necessarily work with or, like, they help me with something or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's what I miss probably. And I miss I miss the team. Aww. <laughs> That's so sweet. Damn. Yeah, I feel I I miss human interaction too. Yeah, you totally. know, like I miss being able like to travel without worrying, you know? Like I just feel bad if I have to travel and like come back home. Yeah, I used to also throw concerts for oh. Flower Co. We did a like a concert series in um in the Bay Area that we would do like once a month before COVID hit and that was like my other favorite part of my job because I would get to like put on these crazy What are some of the artists that you brought on for that? So um, our first one was Phony People. They're like a kind of R&B hip hop band. They're like a full band. They're crazy. Um, They became like some of my close friends. They're awesome. Um, There's a band called Hablo Brown. They're kind of like a soul. it's not like R and it's not like R and B, and it's not like funk, 
but it's like uh like experimental i guess like sort of it's not like that crazy out there though like sounds yeah. really cla- like classic like 60s or 70s like almost like motown records oh, band dope. um they're a little bit more like stoner vibes though um we had an artist called mothica she's like a like a dark pop artist she's like blowing up right now she's doing really well um and then we had what was the other like big artist oh we had Ella J who's Jay Dilla's brother okay so I see you yeah <laughs> yeah so we kept it like kind of like vi- like vibey music yeah like that kind of like it has new to age be for the bay. stuff yeah yeah it, it yeah, has yeah, to exactly. be like somewhat hyphy but not too hyphy yeah 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 exactly exactly so that was uh that was great and all our members would get in for free that was like one of the perks of the membership. oh really oh that's so awesome yeah so we're trying to build yeah. it out to do more stuff like that where like they're like limited drops or like uh like a flower or like some sort of product um or merch like we wanted to start doing like higher end merch and like smaller quantities or like perks like concerts or events like comedy shows things things of that nature i'm trying to build more of a community around it yeah that's awesome you know like and especially i guess like for that membership fee um it will incentivize people to want to i guess like get that membership and then even have like tiers of it you know like yeah totally like what tier do you want do you just want free delivery or do you want free delivery with perks what perks do you want you know like pick and choose you know like totally people love that shit yeah, yeah, totally. I I see it becoming, it was originally like a two-tier membership system where like the lower tier would just get access to flower and pre-rolls mm-hmm. and then, and edibles, I think. And then the higher tier would get access to like concentrates and vape pens and then like everything else below oh, that. Okay. Um, and then now we only have one membership and then it's only the free delivery. So it'll, I'm sure it'll evolve a little bit more. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. It it changes. Oh yeah, we I'm, change our minds about it every day. So yeah, I'm sure. I'm like you're probably gonna like change the memberships again <laughs> by the end of the month or the end of the quarter. Yeah, it'll stay. It'll stay like the membership price right now, the one nineteen a year, one twenty a year, whatever it is. We'll stay at probably the highest tier of membership, and then we'll do something maybe below them. And can you guys, like, can you pay that monthly or is it a one-time fee? So you can pay it quarterly. Oh, You can pay okay. it every three months. Um, I think that's the only alternative option right now. That's cool, though. Yeah. That's cool. It still doesn't, like, break someone's pocket right off the bat, you know? Yeah, totally. And, I mean, you can still get access to the entire menu. You yeah. You're just paying a $10 delivery fee, so. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so. I like it. It's my favorite thing ever. If I didn't do this, (laughs) I wouldn't have it. So I got to keep doing it. That's, I I love that because it's like so many people, like they they just work just to work, but like you actually like love what you're doing and like wanting to like help the brand like become like a a brand and like a lifestyle brand because like cannabis is a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, uh, I was one of the first employees here. So. I I eat, sleep, and breathe it. It's been like this for like three years. 
That's awesome. And um, what did you do like before cannabis that like made you want to hop right into it so comfortably? So I used to work in music. I was, I was managing artists and like helping them develop their sound. Um, I worked for a few different managers and like label executives. That's how I got um, the job originally as <clears throat> Ted's assistant because I had dealt with so many like high demand and like um, and like prolific managers and had assisted them. He was like, "Yeah, you got this. Like, I'll be easy compared to these guys." And um, it wasn't. It was way more time consuming. It wasn't higher demand from him necessarily. It was yeah. just higher demand from the company because there were so few of us and there was so much to build. And I feel extremely fortunate that I was able to be at there at the right place and right time to like be that person. Like I think that's so rare and I was like chasing that the entire time in the music industry and then I yeah. finally got it here. And... I saw the opportunity and I like dropped everything and I was like, okay, I don't think there's going to, like, I think this is a once in a lifetime thing and I got to do it. And so that's what I did. That's so dope. I'm like, I, I, I love, I love your whole story. Like our conversation that we had before, like coming on air, I'm like, that should have just been one episode. So that's why we need to hop on. <laughs> totally. totally. No, I love talking about this stuff and like, the things I'm interested in and like yeah. that I'm passionate about. So, and like, cool. how's the cannabis industry different from your hometown? Oh, okay. All right. Let's that's, talk about uh, that. <laughs> that's interesting. I think so. I grew up right outside DC in Maryland in like a relatively affluent part of, uh, of the state. And like, there are a lot of like Congress. People, like a lot of like government employee, but like higher profile government employees and their kids around and like um, and like higher profile business people and their kids around. So it was a very interesting place to grow up as an artist. I'll say that. Um, cannabis is still a little bit of a frowned upon thing there. It's like a, like the burnout smoke weed, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's funny even before I smoked, I, I, I was kind of late to the game. I think the first time I smoked was like sophomore year of high school. I absolutely hated it. We can, we can go <laughs> into that story after. I think that's also what? hilarious, um, like based on where I am. But, um, but I didn't start like actually regularly smoking until like a day or two after I graduated from high school. And then I started smoking every day. But so I was a little late to it, but like even before... I smoked, everybody just kind of already assumed I was a stoner because I had that, like, I was just really chill and, like, I was a musician and... Just stoner vibe. And, like, that's what I like. wanted to do with my life. So, like, comparatively to the people around, it was like, this guy's fucking <laughs> burnout, you know? And, um, and so, I don't know. It's funny. I feel like... And I don't drink anymore either. I quit drinking. I'm, like, cannabis only now. So... That's... That's what's up. I, uh, no, I love it. I mean, it's my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Um, aside from music, obviously. And I think that in moving to the West Coast, I saw such a shift in, like, just the, like, the, like, society almost, right? Like, just, like, around, like, 
smoking weed is totally acceptable thing to do here. You can smoke during the day. People are like pretty, most people either do it or like they're used to it. Um, whereas where I'm from, very, very judgmental environment. Yeah. So it's cool. I like it and I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Well, I hope not. Like, but like, it's so crazy because out here you can literally like walk down the street smoking a joint, um, or even be smoking and driving, which I do not condone. But some people be wildin' and do it. Um, some people be wildin'. Some people be wildin'. And I see people, like, hotboxing their whip, and I'm like, you're dumb. You need to get yourself a car or a Puffco. Like, <laughs> totally. For real. Totally. But I feel like in other states, like, you, you, can't, you can't really do that so much. Like, in the East Coast, you mentioned, like, some other places. Um, but, like, Virginia. Virginia just passed, or... They sent some sent some law to like the governor or something like that. I yeah. I'm not fully briefed on this. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I know that before this, Virginia was the worst place to get a speeding ticket or have drugs or anything. And they just passed something to make cannabis legal in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three from like fully illegal. No medical, no nothing. Yeah, just the conversation. Like- so I think that's really interesting. Um, there are other par- there are parts of the East Coast where it's illegal now. Like I went to school in Boston, which is I think a very big cannabis town. Um, even before it was legalized there, there was a lot of. I was around a lot of like aficionado type of people. Like oh, some yeah. of my dealers were like really like, yo, you got to check out this like head. Boston's and I'm like, crazy. Oh my God, like, this is yeah, like- Boston's crazy with it. So, um, yeah, those are some of my, like, favorite dealers or, like, the guys who are, like, you know, like, that's who I, like, base my character on almost now. Um, but, you know, that's, like, the first time I was introduced to dabs and, like, it was, like, dark brown shatter and they were, like, it's winterized. I swear it's winterized. And... How was your first dab? <laughs> all right, so my first dab experience... Um, so, I'm trying to think of the scenario this went down in. <laughs> I was in a house and we were probably partying all night. Um, it was my buddy. All my buddies lived in the same house in college. And, like, we switched off houses every year. But we all, like, kind of either, like, lived there or, like, whoever didn't live there, we were there every day. Yeah. The way my college worked, we had two internships, like, throughout the course of our it ended up being five years of school because we took two semesters off throughout school to go do internships. So that made like everybody kind of in and out all the time. Um, so I believe I was actually living in New York at the time and was in for the weekend. And they're like, we got to show you this thing. <laughs> and my buddy who actually gave me my first dab, his name's Troy. He's also in the cannabis industry. He works for a company called Rise. No, he works for GTI, and they have stores called Rise. Okay. Um, And so he introduced me to my first dab. He always had, like, the craziest bongs or rigs or, what you know, he would spend, like, 700 to, like, $1,500 on these things in college. So, like, the rest of us, like, had, like, acrylic bongs, you know? <laughs> he comes through with his headies, like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and somebody would always break them or, like... The cops would come and take them or like, oh my God, you know, no. like something like ridiculous like that. 
And um, this specific time, we I think I was, like, just really drunk and couldn't go to sleep. And they're like, uh, just just try this, man. And they heated up the nail, and it was a titanium nail. <laughs> and um, it was like, all right, you got to hit it while it's still orange. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because now I make jokes when I'm dabbing with my friends, and I'm like, we're only smoking glowies today, guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, and that was, like— that was my first dab experience, and I couldn't breathe for, like, 15 minutes, and I ended up passing out probably not from being high, but from being suffocated, you know? So. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorites, to be honest. That's funny as fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, those were the days. I did that. I did glowy is only for, like, Probably three to four years after that. Everybody did, and that's the thing. Like, I I still have my titanium nail set up. Sick. I still, like, I I have over, like, just 20 rigs and pieces that, like, I've just collected over the years. I'm, I'm a hoarder when it comes to, like, weed shit. Like, I don't throw it away. I keep my ashtrays if they're not broken. Like, totally. I, I got a whole room filled with it. But I have, like, all my titanium nails and, like, all my chast bangers, and I'm just like, damn. Sick. Like, back in the day when that was a thing. But, um, totally. Is there anything you want to touch base on before we wrap? We have like five minutes. Um, look at my notes. I know I wrote some things down that. Can you talk about some future plans for, um, the Flower Co.? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I think like the first priority right now is to expand to more of California. We don't have like, the OC covered yet. We don't have San Diego covered. We don't have Santa Barbara. We don't have like any of like, like, like the middle of California. Yeah. So I think that's the first thing. Um, I know that we want to start doing our own cultivation too. So that'll be so that we can have like a more steady source of those $59 ounces because they sell out quickly. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I think those are the two main things in terms of like for me on community side, I just want to build out more like as COVID ends, I want to start building out more concerts and more yeah. events that like kind of engage the community. And um, I want to do more content like that's just like creative and fun and like involves the community. Yeah. And um, that's yeah, that's most of it. Well, you guys are already killing it on the content game. You know, the Chronica was my favorite thing. I got to say it again on air. Like, totally. But, Thank uh, you. I yes. appreciate that. That one was, I've been pushing that for a few years as a fellow Jew. So yeah. I appreciate that. Jew to Jew, I got you, boo. Hey, that rhymed. Bars. <laughs> that would, you already know. Don't don't get me to start freestyling today. <laughs> Not Sick. on today's show. Sick. But, um, yeah, thank you so much for coming through. Um, do you want to drop your IGs so everyone knows where to find you? Totally. My Instagram is at Cannabis Corey. Corey is spelled C-O-R-Y. It's all one word. Cannabis Corey. Hey, awesome. Thank you so much, Corey, for coming through. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, make sure to follow me on IG at Terp Queen with the underscore and Terp Talk CA. And I'll talk Terps with you soon. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.